God put on my heart that I was going to go to Mexico. I didn't think I was going to go again because I've been there before, and I didn't know how. And Pastor Julieta, she came to visit our church um, around that time, like uh, sometime after that in October, November, around there. Around there. And, um, and I was praying to God, God, how am I going to go to Mexico? Where am I going to go? And next thing you know, I find out we got Mex- uh, churches in Mexico. I said, God, do you want me to help her? And he's like, yeah, go help her. So I was like, okay, I'll go, I'll go. And, and so since then, it, it had been uh, a desire in my heart to go, and I was thinking I was going to go by myself. And God, God com- completely provided for me a team that decided to come with me instead. And, and then we went this summer. We went this summer to help Pastor Julieta, to help Metro Praises down there, encourage them to build up disciples, to preach the gospel, number one, let me just say that preach the gospel, tell people about Jesus, what he did, and to pray for the sick, you know, to see demons cast it out, and, and here's, here's the video, so I'll pause. This is a story about four young people who love God so much. He saw their hearts for his kingdom, so he sent them to Mexico. This mirror isn't, like, staying still makes the sun seem, like, a lot hotter. So right in this, uh, little area here, and, um, we just found out that Four kids got kidnapped and uh, murdered. <laughs> so this is the average ride out of Mexico. When you're in the back of a truck with five million people. Yeah, well, right here we have one of our disciples in Providence, and this guy is an awesome cat, man. His name is Eduardo. ¿Cómo, cómo, ¿Cómo estás en su algo? Bien, bien. Hizo algo, hermano. Hizo una oración. No fue nada. Aquí, Dios está diciendo aquí, venga conmigo. Vámonos. Y tú estás sentando. Cuando Dios está estático en tu relación con Él, no sientes nada. that was just a little glimpse of what we we were doing down there and i just want to share how how touching it was like the fruit that we had was the disciples that we began to make we saw people come from from being unbelievers to coming to jesus and receiving him to committing their lives to god and to what he wanted to to being fr- to fr- coming from not even knowing who God was to feeling his presence for the first time. And, and I could say that it was a pleasure for me to, to disciple these, these young women that were there, these youth, and, and to see the smiles and, and children's faces as, as they were learning about God and see children learn that they're soldiers for Christ, that they, they weren't just kids. And, and it was amazing. So I'm going to pass the mic to our brother.
down this way. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I got uh, one testimony to give right now, just a short one, and it's basically about this guy named Eduardo. He's a uh, he's an awesome guy. You saw him in the video. He squeaky voice guy, but um, he's awesome. He's an awesome guy. He he was around from the beginning when they went on the cru- crusade with uh, Ish and Pastor Joe, and he was just there, the most faithful person in Providencia, and he did not know how to read at all. He did not know how to read the Bible. He was 25 years old. He never learned it. He lives in a small village, and this guy has such a heart for God. It's so encouraging for me, and it was such an honor for me just to be able to disciple him. Uh, I remember one specific time when we were doing Lesson 5, and it was the last lesson, and he started tearing up because I was telling him about what it meant to be baptized, uh, the symbolism of how you, you give your life, you're completely drenched in God, and he just started tearing up, and I was like, you're going to make me tear up. You're, just, you're, just, you're awesome, so that's just my testimony real quick. Yeah, um, first of all, I just want to give glory to God um, for, for this, this guy, Carlos, uh, Ish's cousin. When Pastor Joe and Ish were down there, they tried talking to him, and, and Carlos did not want to hear anything. He, he's like, not now, not now, I don't want to talk about it right now. But when we were down there, um, after the first week, just right into the second week, we were all at Pastor Julieta's house, and Carlos comes in. And he's, uh, first of all, at first it was just a small talk. And then he just starts talking about his life and how he's not happy with his life. He wants to be a man uh, and a father to, to his son, and he wants, he wants to be a man that pleases God. And, and then we just all started ministering and laying hands on him, and he just got passionate from there. And we started doing discipleship, and he was really in it. And I gave him some homework to do, to read Genesis and, and John, and he started reading it faithfully, and he was coming to church. And so that's just a testimony to... Uh, to the church right here that this vision works. Connect, mentor, and send. And so, glory to God. Hey, what's up? My name's Augie, for those of you who don't know me. Um, I was pretty much the behind-the-scenes guy. Uh, while they were just discipling, I would be shooting video, helping them out, whatever they needed, you know, keeping time, making sure we got things done. And uh, it was just so awesome to be there, you know, to show God's love. And uh, actually... Um, Two people that affected me was Pastor Frank's uh, younger daughter, Cecia and Aide. And I was the goofball of the group, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm a goofball on myself. I got a bunch of tattoos, you know. And uh, so it's like they saw that and, you know, me just goofing off with them, but they could still see the love of God, that they knew that we were here for a reason, you know. And I think it encouraged them even though they were, you know, eight and nine years old. And, uh, yeah, you know, just... The video that I um, that you guys saw is just barely, barely even scratching the surface of what we were doing for the last two and a half months. And uh, if you want to come by, Andrew, if you could raise your hand really quick. Uh, we're going to be showing a documentary this Friday of everything that went through for like the last two and a half months. So you're all more than welcome to come by and see it. Dios les bendiga. Le doy, le doy gracias a Dios porque Él me concedió regresar a Chicago. Y le agradezco también por, a Dios por estos jóvenes. Jóvenes valientes. 
que fueron de gran bendición para mi vida y me sentí honrada de tenerlos allá ayudándome en la iglesia y en mi vida personal porque yo vivo sola en, en mi casa y me servían de mucha compañía. Yo este, estaba meditando en, en la palabra, ¿verdad?, y en estos jóvenes, y, y meditaba cuando Moisés mandó a, a, a reconocer la tierra. <laughs> y... <laughs> Y, de, y, de, y, y pensaba yo, este, Moisés les dijo, vayan a recorrer la tierra, se fijan si hay, cómo están las ciudades, si están fortificadas, si hay montes, y, y, este, y, y traen, traen la, este, pues, la, la noticia de, de cómo reconozcan la tierra y vienen y, y nos avisan. Qué bella mi madre. Basically, she says she was meditating on the word, and she uh, remembered the time when Moses sent out spies to scope out the land, and he told the the spies to report back to him, you know, the the state of the land, the cities, how they were fortified, all the things, because they're they're about to take over. Y este, se fueron doce, ¿verdad? Mandaron a uno de cada tribu, fueron doce. Y entre ellos iba Josué y Caleb. Fueron y reconocieron la tierra y diez vinieron este, desanimados, temerosos y miedosos. Tuvieron miedo, pero Caleb y Josué, ellos venían diciendo, no, esta tierra es buena, este, Dios la entregó en nuestras manos y es nuestra. Amen. There was there was 12 spies, one from each tribe, and two of them were Caleb and and um, Joshua. And and uh, a lot of the spies were saying, no, these there's these cities are fortified. There's there's giants in them. You know, there's there's all kinds of stuff going on. They were they came back with bad news, but Joshua and Caleb said, no, this is our land and we're going to take it over. Aleluya. Y yo soy hija de, de un agricultor. Y yo, este, aunque yo no he trabajado en el campo, sí he ido al campo a ver cómo trabajan, pero no he trabajado en el campo. Eh, mi papá, yo sé cómo se trabaja la tierra porque escucho a mi papá. Amen. She says, I'm a farmer's daughter. Even though I've never went out farming, I know what it is to uh, prepare a land. Hermanos, y eh, mi papá decía que este elegido les entregaba tierras y el ejidatario tenía que preparar la tierra para después sembrar. ¿Y qué es lo que hacía? Tumbaba el monte, tumbaba el monte, lo quemaba 
Después, antes, no se, no se usaban las máquinas que hay ahora para preparar la tierra. Antes lo, los campesinos preparaban la tierra con un, una bestia y un arado. He says that before you, you can even plant a seed, you have to cut down the brush. And you have to burn the brush on the land. And then after that, you have to till that dry land. And, and, and what they used to use back in the day was a beast, like, a, like a, an ox or a horse, and they would till the land. Preparar la tierra no es fácil. Es duro. Es duro. Y después de que la tierra está lista, se siembra. Amén. Y estos jóvenes fueron a conquistar la tierra, a preparar la tierra. Aleluya. Gloria a Dios. She said that, that uh, once that once that ground is ready, then you can start planting seed. And these young men and women went over there to get that ground ready so we can start planting those seeds. Amen. Y nosotros vamos a ver la cosecha. Amén. Amén. Vamos a ver la cosecha de, de cómo primero estamos preparando la tierra, el evangelio se está sembrando y la cosecha se va a ver después. She said we're going to see a harvest now because we've planted the seed, we've prepared the land, we've planted the seed and now it's time to reap a harvest in Mexico. Amen. Amen. Un momentito. Y cuando, cuando Josué y Caleb regresaron, ellos dijeron, esta tierra es pan, comida para nosotros, es pan. O sea, ellos no vinieron diciendo, no podemos. Ellos dijeron, sí podemos. Y esta tierra es como pan, ¿verdad? Como cuando usted prueba el pan que está bien calientito, se le hace sabroso. Ellos le encontraban sabor a la, a la conquista de la tierra. They said that when Caleb and Joshua came back, they found joy in the fact that they were going to conquer that land. So we're going to conquer that land for Jesus Christ. Let's all stand up and pray for these wonderful missionaries and then for Mexico. Brother, play for Mexico. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, Father God, Father God, we, we declare right now, Lord God, Father God, we may not see it with our eyes, but we declare that the harvest is ready, Father God, and we will go reap the harvest, Father God. In Jesus' name, we declare that Jesus Christ will bring revival to Mexico, Father God. Father God, that Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God will shake the foundations of that nation, Father God. We declare, Father God, that millions upon millions will fall on their face and declare that you are their God and that there's no other but the Christ seated on the throne that died on the cross and they will say, Blessed is the Lamb, blessed is the Lamb, blessed is the Lamb, Father God. Father God, I declare right now that we have hundreds of metro places in Mexico. Father God, we see hundreds of metro places in Mexico right now. We declare it and we receive it in Jesus' name, Father God. Bless her, Lord God. Padre Santo, en el nombre de Jesús. Te pido que tú la uses, Padre Santo. Que cuando venga, Señor, el tiempo de prueba, el tiempo, Dios, de dolor. Padre Santo, que tú la levantes, Señor, en el nombre de Jesús. Padre Santo, guarde la mente, Señor. Las manos, Señor. Los pies, su boca, Padre Santo. La ungimos en el nombre del Señor. Declaramos que por ella, Señor, muchas de almas van a ver la gloria, Señor. Ahora te van a conocer. Lo declaramos en el nombre de Jesús. Gracias por los misioneros, Señor. Gracias, gracias. En el nombre de Jesús. Amén.
Amen. Slap your neighbor, high five, and say, Fuego de Dios. Amen. God bless you. Yo se bendiga. Will you help her down right here? Praise the Lord. God bless you, missionary team. I'm going to ask you to be like Catholics one more time and stand back up to your feet because we are going to introduce his first time preaching on a Sunday morning, David Carrasco! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Jesus has been moving in here. Glory to God. The message at the Lord, and just a little bit of testimony first. And this is just awesome, and it's so short as it's all God. Two weeks ago, when the pastor preached his message about maturing, and he was saying, grow up, grow up, my wife looked at me and she said, that's your message. And I said, I know. So I need to grow up and preach another one. So later on that evening, we went to the pastor's house, awesome barbecue. Thank you for opening up your house. And the pastor asked me, how was the message? And I looked at him and I shake my head and he's like, what's wrong? He has this look on his face. I said, that was my message. That was what the Lord had told me to preach, to grow up. So the pastor says, he looks at me again. And I'm like, what did I say wrong? (laughs) And he says, this is only the second time that this has happened to me in my 13 years. He says, God is working through us. He has prepared this. And what was said, and what was finalized in his agreement is that he taught that message. But it is for me to preach the message today. He gave us and he prepared it. Amen. Glory to God. But now it is time to preach it. Now it is time to feel this message. It is time to get uncomfortable. Because the glory of God is about to move. So if you are feeling good in these nice, fluffy, comfortable chairs, oh, praise God, you are about to start wiggling in these chairs right now. Because God wants you to get uncomfortable. Because now it is the time for growth. But it is time for growing pains. Because if you are not experiencing pain in your spiritual growth, you are not growing. It is time to grow. The same way the children experience growing pains. And my daughter went through this, and I thank God, and this is all God. My daughter was going through growing pains two weeks ago, unable to walk. We went to the doctor. He didn't know what was going on. But see, this was all preparation for me to experience the growing pains. Okay. My daughter was having growing pains, Alyssa, for you guys know, and thank you for your prayers, that she could not even walk. We had to carry her to the bathroom. That's how bad her pains were. We figured, okay, maybe she sprained herself. But then she would get on her right leg. Then she'll get on her left leg. Then she'll get on her ankles. God, we kept praying. We kept praying. We have others come to the church and we prayed for her. Took her to the doctors. Twice, I, I believe they, twice we, we took her and they took x-rays both times. So the Lord has prepared me for growing pains. Because as I was preparing for this message, I was looking for scriptures for growth. And every time I would start looking for scriptures, I found myself just rebuking up in the air, rebuking my monitor. God was saying, no, not scriptures. You will preach the message. You will show the people what it means to be broken. Because when you are growing and you're experiencing those pains, you need to experience the brokenness, 
There is a breaking process that you must go through. And when you are going through the breaking process, obviously the word broken doesn't mean it's going to be comfortable. The word broken means to be shattered, to be scattered, to be crushed, to be destroyed. In the biblical sense, that means rebirth. What God does to us when we are broken, truly broken in His presence, He gives us rebirth. And what does He do in that process? He puts us back together. He first formed us. He is the potter. We are the clay. He forms us. But what happens in our nature, the sinful nature? The Bible even says that the heart is wicked. But not only wicked, it is deceitfully wicked. So what happens with that deceit? You believe that deceit. You fall into that seat. How many of us have already experienced evil spirits hidden and disguise themselves as, as spirits of light? Right? We have that experience here in the church not too long ago. We had someone say, I'm coming back to the church. I love the Lord. This is what I'm going to do. Next thing you know, he's off doing something else. That is a deceitful spirit. That is a spirit that well hides into the light. Do not be deceived about the spirits, the evil spirits. They are strong. But God's power is stronger. His angels are stronger. His messengers are here to guide us and lead us. So will we take that challenge? Are we going to do that? It is a painful process to be broken. If you don't go through it, you don't grow. You don't grow without that process. You would just be doing circles around that mountain when you cry out to the Lord. You said that I would be able to move mountains and cast them into the sea. But if you do not allow yourself to work through that, you would just do circles around the mountain. Circles around the mountain. And that's all you can do. And you will get tired, you will get weary, and you will fall back. When the Lord wants us to push through and go forward. We've all been here to the airports, right? Those moving sidewalks. Those are a blessing. That's a long walk. That's a long stretch, right? Those moving sidewalks. There's people that we have seen that get on those sidewalks and they double time it across those sidewalks. They run to glory because God's word is awesome and powerful. When he says, draw near to me, I will draw near to you. So God doesn't say, go all the way from me. He says, come to me and I will come to you. I will meet you for we can walk together. That is the Lord's promise. Isn't that awesome? Thank you, Jesus. The only way to get through it is to go through it. The way you start, you make sure that's the way you finish. We live in this body, okay? Our skin holds our bodies together, all our cells, all our bones, and everything that's in it. But our bodies does not hold our spirits. Our spirits dwell in our bodies, but our spirits will be lifted up. And that day we're ready to, when we prepare to meet our marker. That's, that's what it is. Our spirit is supposed to be stronger than our body. Because there is no reason why you cannot get in fire for God today. And 30 years down the road, 40 years down the road, that spirit is well lit as it was the day that you came to meet the Lord. There was no reason for that spirit to fall back unless you make it back, fall back. Unless you quench, unless you drench that fire. Unless you cover it up with a lot of sin. Okay, unless you let those deceitful spirits into it. So when you're on that walk right there... Carrying your luggage, it's a long walk, it's a long walk. Some people get on there, they get on that catwalk without, without uncertainty. They don't know which way to go. Okay, God is over there, I'm leaving things behind. It's going to hurt. I've just been broken, it hurts. I'm going to start walking on this. Some people get comfortable right away. When in the middle of the walk, they just let it take them. They get comfortable where they let it take them. And then what happens? They get comfortable. They start looking back into their sin. That looks good. Did I leave some of that? 
So now what happens to a person? They start walking twice as fast backwards as when that catwalk is moving forward. So now you're slowly going back to that sin. That's that deceitful spirit letting you know it's good. Start drawing back. Start drawing back. The devil is a good liar. Okay? But we can conquer him. God has given us that power and that authority. How many people have we met that have been walking with the Lord for many years? They're on that walk, but then they sidestep. They get off of that walk. They're not moving back, but they're not moving forward. Because they say, I've been there. I've done that. Is that not getting comfortable? Is that not saying, I've already been there. I don't need to do it anymore. Well, the last time I checked, God never said, you have done enough. He will let us know when it is enough, when we meet Him at His glory. That's when we know. That's when you have that certainty, when you have met Him. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Or depart from me, I do not know you. Those are the only times you are going to know. When we are on this earth, we, do not, we are not certain that we have done the complete works of the Lord. We push through, we persevere, we make breakthroughs happen. You shoulder up that cross. If you don't know how to do it, get with somebody that knows how to do it. They'll help you walk with it. And then you walk with it on your own. And if you just want to drop it and say it's too heavy, well then, go back to square one. Try it again. If you don't try it again, well then, you will be accountable for your actions with the Lord. Experience the growing pains. If you never experienced them, it's because you're just not growing. It's as simple as that. It is that simple. When you get on that walk and it is taking you to the Lord, run on that walk. Don't let it just move you. You move fast with it. You move faster than that walk is moving because the Lord, God Almighty, is waiting for you at the end of that walk. He is waiting for you. God takes you. This is a breaking process right here. God takes you. He blesses you. Then He breaks you. All that is for spiritual growth. It's just that simple. All that is for spiritual growth. If you're not willing to experience it, then you're not growing with the Lord. You're not experiencing it. If you're not uncomfortable with the Lord's work, then you're not experiencing growth. Because what is going on when you first start growing? When you're growing, it's because you're reaching a higher level with the Lord. God says, take it out of the four walls. Get out into the streets. How can we not accept that challenge if our God Almighty came off of his own throne and played in the dirt with the children? So who are we to think that we are better than that and that we need to be more comfortable than a God that came off of his glorious throne? So get uncomfortable and get out in the streets and let people know what God did for your life. Don't forget what God took you out of. Because you spent many years dragging yourself through the mud, turning back to the swine, enjoying getting fat off of it until God said no more. Come to me because I am here waiting for you. I will draw near to you. You draw near to me. That's how much humility our God has, that he continues to be a living example, a living testimony of being humble, that he continues to say, draw to me, I will draw near to you. It is as clear and as simple as that. This is not a God. I've, I've, talking to, I've spoken to people in different religions. Pray, bow down how many times a day? 30 years later, you still hear from them. They, they continue to do the same thing. 
And when you ask them, have you ever experienced a move from your God? They look at me like I'm crazy. What do you mean, experiencing move from God? They, I, I've never felt his presence. Was it supposed to do something to get to the heavens? You, what do you mean you never experienced God? You, ne- you never felt as though God sent the messenger to you? You never felt as though you were face-to-face with God? You never felt like God broke you? You never had that experience in your life? No, we pray to God because we have to pray to God. I pray to God because I want to pray to God. Because he gave me something. He gave me a gift. A gift to choose him. Nothing else. He gave me a gift to be able to say, God, I just love you. And you make it that simple. You make it that simple to love you. Some people look at the commandments like too many rules. I look at them like it's not enough rules because we continue to face temptation on a daily basis. So how can it be too many rules if we're still failing with daily temptations? We're still facing them. Okay? We live here, but that doesn't mean you have to be of everything that is in this world. You leave it behind. You throw it away. We need to accept submission in our lives. It's part of the growth. How many of us here know that how painful that might be? Women here, how many, how much painful that is be to submit to your husbands? People coming to the Lord, how painful can it be when you submit to your leaders? That is a growing process. It is a growing pain. When you get through that pain, it is for the heavenly gain. That's why we do it. There is no, God does not let us go through these pains, but we get nothing. God does not play with his glory. He shows it to us. He wants us to rejoice in it. We might joke around with one another and throw some scriptures around and it's cute. That's okay because we love God. But God doesn't play when it comes to his glory, when he wants you to come to him. He does not play with it. When it's time to get down, you get down with it. And you let people know that this is the God that has power and authority. And he shares it because he's a loving, giving God. That he will share it with you. How much, one of, how, much of, how much of the glory do you want? You can sit here and ask for everything. God, let it fall upon me. Let it fall upon me, dear God. I want it all. Be careful what you ask for. Because you cannot handle all of God's glory. I have an example. One time when we were having service here on a Sunday night and Brother Glenn came, people were getting knocked out, rock getting across the floor. You know, I just felt the glory of God that whole night. I felt so good and everything. By the time I got home, my body couldn't handle it. I fell down. I woke up the next morning. I, the first thing, I looked into my wife's eyes and I said, I have a Holy Ghost hangover. I said, now I know why God cannot reveal all his plans to us. Because it is too much glory. It is too much. It would kill us all. It would kill us all. God is so powerful that he could reveal, if he revealed his whole glory across this world, it would just knock out everyone. There would be no one alive. No one can handle that much glory. No one can. It is such a beautiful, bright glory that we cannot handle it. Oh, it would just take you down. Glory to God. Oh. And I remember after that, I wanted more. I said, Holy Ghost, I want to be drunk in your spirit. He's letting me take in sips. I'll wake up, get a little bit dizzy. But I have never experienced 
I hang over like that. And I think I think I thank God for that too because wow, that that was definitely experience. It doesn't mean that we give up power when we submit to our to our leaders or to the people with the authority figure. That does not mean that we give up power. It just means that we don't need to fight for stupid things. We don't need to argue about the petty things. We do not give up power. Actually, when you submit, you show meekness. And there is power in meekness. Because when you are meek, you have self-control. When you are meek, you wait for God to move you. That is meekness. You don't give up anything by being meek. You're showing the other person, I know how to be humble. When a person looks at you like, why are they backing down? I, I, there's people that will argue and argue and argue with you, knowing that they're wrong, but they have to feed their flesh. They have to win that fight. Even when you turn around, wives, husbands, let's be honest, when you've got to get the last word, they might turn around, then the last word might be, well, you got to have that last word. Whether you said it or not, but you, in your mind, you had that last word. You had that last word. They might have never saw it, but that was my final word. And it was good because they did not see it. So I got it in there. But to be meek is showing true power. To be meek is to show true godly authority. Because how much more meekness can be revealed except through our, our, our Christ and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because he came. He did not force anybody to walk with him. He said, come go with me. You either came or you didn't. So how meek was he? Because he was a guy that could have simply said, you're done. But no, he was so meek that he was under control. He held his power under control. So let me ask you, my friends. How great is your own power that you can't even have enough meekness in you to be in self-control? When you fly off of the handle, you're getting angry. People are looking at you like, aren't you a Christian? Well, are you claiming that your power is greater than God's? Because he was even able to sustain his own power. And he was able to sustain that power because he has such great love. And his love for the people is what gives him that control because he can take us over at any time. But how many of us just want to sit here and be angry with a person? At times when we go out evangelizing and we got you know, people like, oh, I'm just a little bit frustrated. I went out there today. They, they just want to argue with me. <laughs> because they want to make their sin greater than God. That's why they want to argue with you. People want to have different religions because they want to conform their, their God to their own beliefs. They want to make religion to their own. They want their religion to feed their flesh. But that's not what our God does. Our God is a, an example of many things. And one of the greater things is the meekness because he has it all under control. And that is an example for us to have of meekness, to have it under control. Self-pity is just as bad as pride. How many people do we come across? And I know me and my wife, oh, Lord, Jesus, continue to bless us and give, them, give us meekness, dear God. 
keep us there. We have talking to older. No wonder why God said that the kingdom of heaven is for the children. Because when we talk to these older people, that they have their nicer houses, they have their bigger cars, you know, and whatever they provide for their kids, they tell us, why do I need God? I already have all this without God. Or they say, I believe in God, but the way I believe in God works because I have all this. Really. Now, how about when we hear that little pity patty party and people are just crying and they're whining and they're saying, well, what about me? Why can't I have this? Or why am I not moving around? Or why can't I have the same thing? You are feeding into your own flesh. You are feeding into your own flesh, your own fleshly desires. At that moment, your flesh is telling you, be sad. When God tells us to rejoice, we must rejoice in Him always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So when you're having your pity patty party and you're feeling a little bit bad for yourself, don't forget, that same person that you condemn for being prideful and who you say looks down on you with their nose, well, you're just as bad as them because you're feeding into your own flesh. Because you're being selfish. You need to grow up and feel the growing pains. Okay? Let go of that pity patty party and say, God, this is not for me. This is not for me. God, show me which way I can go, Lord, for I can grow with you, dear God. Which way can I go? Lord, dear God, you told me, do I go left, do I go right, which way do I want to go? Do I go up and down, which way do I go? Whichever way, I, whichever way you take me, I will go. But I do not want to stay here under the same desires. I do not want to stay here feeding myself, feeding my pity, dear God. I do not want to be here and be prideful, dear God. I want to make a great move for you, dear God. I want to grow with you, dear God. I want to feel the pain, dear God, because I know that you have a way out for me, dear God. Nothing has a hold of you except for what is common to man. And God will always give you a way out. God has promises for us. And one of those is that he will always give you a way out. What has a hold on you? What's got a stronghold on you? God can break it. He will give you a way out. Because it is only common to man. And living for Christ, you are not common to man. You want to be a fool, be a fool for God. Because I bet you he'll love it. Who are you going to worry about? That person that wants to look at you and say, you do too much? Why are you doing so much? It's a funny thing how people want to look at you and say, you do too much. When God is saying, I need you to do more. I want you to do more. I need you to finish this task because I have another one for you. I have a greater, I have a bigger thing for you to do. So hurry up and finish that task. I will show you how to finish that task. Hurry up and finish it because I have something waiting for you. Push through, persevere through that pain because I have something for you. What does God say that he wants us to have? Faith like what? A mustard seed. And then what can you do with that kind of faith? Move mountains and tell it to go into the sea, right? You want to feel the pain? Then just get that little bit of faith. That much faith is all he asks you to do. Is that mustard seed. That's all he wants you to have. Has anyone, when's the last time anyone here has seen a mustard seed? If you had seen it, if I were to hold a mustard seed right here, you wouldn't even be able to see it. That's how small it is. See, but God knows that we give in to our fleshly desires. So he even says, 
I, I can't make it too big for them. I won't make it too big to them, for them because I love my children. So I ask them to have that much faith. And the reason why he gives us that is because he knows that we could at least do that much. He knows we could at least do that much. And after we get to that little spot, when we start pushing through our financial problems, we start pushing through the relationship problems, we start giving it to God, we make him bigger than anything in our lives, we start letting go and letting God, we make him the center of everything. We make sure that he's the biggest thing and the sin means nothing. That he will crush it and he will step on it. Because we chose to shoulder up our cross, then he has something else for you. Get ready. Get ready for it. Because he says he wants you to feel the pain. He wants you to endure that pain. He does not want you to stay behind. He wants you to get on that moving sidewalk and start moving with it. Not let it take you across, not walking backwards on it or anything like that. Not running away from him. Just go meet him halfway. It's all he wants you to do. Go halfway. How many people that we hear, we say, God, give it to me, God. Put me in that situation, dear God. Put me there, dear God. Where do you need me to go, dear God? And then when you find yourself in that situation, dear God, how do I get out of this situation, God? Did you not just pray to get into a situation like that? Did you not just pray that you want to be used in a mighty way? And then you want somebody to pray for you to get out of that situation. It's not going to work that way because God put you there. God does not contradict himself. We contradict our God because we do not understand our God. Because we want to feel our flesh. We want to feed our flesh. Guess what? We can grow with these growing pains. You do it by being consumed by the living waters. Feed your spirit with living waters. Feed your spirit with bread of life. Grow with these things. Let your spirit grow. Your spirit will endure and live forever. Give it to God. Let your roots grow down into Him. Draw up nourishment. Grow some grass roots. For they can dig deep into the depths of your heart. Get some steel roots that they cannot be broken, that cannot be cut down. John 15. God is, He's our gardener. Jesus is the vine. You will be pruned. You want to come to God, you will be pruned. When you go to a florist, you do not want to buy an ugly rose, right? They have some weeds on there, some stems going out. You pick one up, it has a thorn. You want to be pruned. And it's not going to feel good. It's going to make you uncomfortable. It's going to make you wiggle. God doesn't want your junk. He'll take you out of that junk, but He doesn't want it. He doesn't want you to have it anymore. He wants you to move for His glory. So He will begin to work. Prune you. Snip away. Feel the pain. Because it's all for the greater glory of God. We can believe in God all we want. But if you do not act out your faith, you will not grow. Faith without deeds is dead. How many churches do we see? How many mega churches do we see? They might have the numbers in there. 
But now ask if they have the power in there. Is the power of God moving those, in those churches? Are they out there? Are they acting? If there's a church of 10,000 members, why do they not even have 10 members going out into the street? Such a small number like that. Why not even 10 people going out into the street? Everybody can go, clap their hands, rejoice. Yes, that was a good, nice, peaceful message. It's not only about peace. God will come in wrath. There will be that day. You have a choice. Live right for Him. You have the free will to choose Him. Or on the final days, He will come and make you do it. That is how great and powerful my God is. That He will make you do it that final day because at that time, I am sick and tired of it. His actions will be. No more. You had your chance to do it. You had the opportunity. You had many people come out to you. Too late now. God, we, we, we take you now. We take you now. Too late. Too late. God wants you. He wants you to serve Him. Take the challenge in getting pruned. Do not grow tired or weary. Continue to meet daily if you need encouragement. Call one another. Call your elders. We are here because we love God. First and foremost, we love God. And we love people. And we want to grow with that. And it is not easy to love people. Oh, how we come to learn that it is not easy to love people. But our God did it. Oh, how He did it. So God, I pray that you give me strength today. You give me the ability, God, to do what you want me to do. And I pray this amongst each and every one of you. And just remember, if you are comfortable, then you are not growing with God. If you haven't felt that twitch, like, why is it that I'm not growing? It's because you're not close enough. Draw near to your God. He humbled himself. There is no greater example or testimony of humility than what your God has come down and showed. No other. Glory to God.